With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Glory UJ Podcast. I'm Tyler. Here with me on the other end of the line, as always, is my co-host, Curtis. And uh, I wish we had some better news to cover today. Uh, Obviously, yesterday's show... Uh, with National Signing Day, that was some awesome news. Uh, maybe the best class ever. I don't know. I'll leave that up to you guys. But I think there's definitely an argument to be made there. But of course, we had to, to cap it off with uh, another stellar performance from the Georgia basketball team uh, in Nashville against the Vanderbilt Commodores. So we'll be recapping that. I know. I'm sure all of you are just so eager to listen to uh, or relive that that misery of last night and watching that game. But we'll do our job here on the show and kind of recap what we saw and where things stand with this program but first I'm gonna make sure to remind everyone out there you guys can follow us on Twitter at glory underscore UGA definitely feel free to share your thoughts anytime appreciate the interaction you can also find the show on a bunch of different platforms out there dosworthradio.com is where we got started a couple years back you can uh, check us out there straight at the website you can download their app to your smartphone if iTunes and SoundCloud work for you guys a little bit better you can definitely find us there as well and uh, Stitcher and TuneIn apps. We're also up on those apps. So whatever works, you guys find us somewhere. Uh, and if you get a chance to rate and review the show, that would be greatly appreciated. We would definitely uh, be very grateful if you guys take a little bit of time out of your day to help us out there and kind of help spread the word about the show. Uh, all right, Kurt, let's go ahead, man. I guess let's just rip off the Band-Aid and start talking about this game last night. I, I don't. This is another game. I, I keep finding myself in the same spot talking about these poor performances from the basketball program. I, I just don't even really know where to start with them because there's so many things to talk about in terms of, of what we did poorly. Uh, you just want to kick it off here, man, and just kind of tell me about the performance you saw last night. What was it? That What was the worst part? Since there were so many parts of that performance that, that were less than stellar, what was it that kind of frustrated you the most? Well, frustrating me the most is probably lack of effort. I mean, uh, you know, the the lack of offense, the inconsistent offense has been there all season. But, you know, we you and I talked about it earlier this week, you know, especially last week in the show, you said, you know, effort was never the problem with this team. Well, right. the last two games, effort really has been the problem. I mean, against Vanderbilt, I thought we were playing the, the lack of defense. I thought in part was really to the lack of effort, just letting people run right by them, not playing, not getting in front of your opponents, just being lazy, especially on the off- the reboundings um, a lot. Um, that, that that's just what struck me the most. You know, I mean, I felt like if we, especially we get it down to two points in the third quarter the, or the second half. Yeah, and all of a sudden we just we got it close a couple it. different times in the second half. Yeah, and then all of a sudden we just don't cover the three point line. Like, like I, I have to admit we this. Just, I, I'm sorry to cut you off there. I just have to admit this. What since you brought that up, like. I am the fool who kind of got fooled into thinking that hey we're we're about to take over this game we're about to win we're about to pull ahead and we're gonna we're gonna roll to victory here yeah it was tougher than it should have been but we're better than Vanderbilt we're gonna win this game I was the fool who thought that at any point did you did you kind of have that same mindset or are you always still kind of like eh, I don't know no I was I, I was more or less just looking at the clock saying maybe if I had a minute left I'd feel that way but I knew there's yeah too you're much a smarter time. man than myself there's no doubt on that front because I, I I kind of like. We were, you're right, we were down by two. Remember, Yante, we're down by two. Yante pulls up and takes a three at the top of the key. Misses it, right? And when he released, I said, all right, if he makes this, we're going to be up by one, and then we're going to run away with this. But no, he missed it, and of course we didn't run away with it. They ran away with it the opposite direction. 
I, you're right about the effort, man. And I hate to say that. I really, because I don't, I haven't said that very often at all under uh, Mark Fox here. I mean, there's a lot of things you can criticize him for, a lot of things. But I always felt like the effort his team's played with, especially on the defensive end of the ball of of the court, I, I thought that was something that you could always point to and, and kind of applaud him for. But right out, you're right. The game after I I, I said that and applaud them for the effort, uh, particularly against Florida. Here they come out in two games in a row with. I mean, there's no other way to say this. Absolutely lackluster effort. I, I would say all around both sides of the ball, wouldn't, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean it was especially offensively. I mean, we went right. You know, we stayed in the. You know, um, it just it was more or less. You know, people were standing around again. There was no movement. Um, well, that's par for the course offensively. Well, yeah, it's par for the course, but I mean, it, 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 we had done, we did better against Florida, I thought, and it's just gone right back to it. I mean, and the thing, especially offensively and defensively, the thing where you're seeing it the most is on the the uh, rebounds on, on the board because yep. we have been doing pretty well in the rebound margin, and lately we've just been getting dominated. <clears throat> yeah, to kind of add to that, you're exactly right. The past two games on the road here, after the the really nice Florida win, which we thought might be the turning point for this team, maybe, possibly, it clearly hasn't turned out to be that, obviously. But uh, we win that Florida game, and you look down the road, okay, we got two road games here, but these are potentially two winnable road games. At Mississippi State, they're a solid team, but certainly a game that we could win if we play well. And then at Vanderbilt, an eight-win Vanderbilt team, we should absolutely win the game. I know Memorial Gymnasium has kind of been a house of horrors for us historically over the past decade or so. I think we've got one or two wins over the past decade there. But... You know, this is the bad Vanderbilt team. Their best player, uh, Fisher Davis, is not even playing. He's been hurt for a while, so we should win this game. But we come out flat two games in a row with lackluster effort. And two these are two teams, Mississippi State and Vanderbilt, that are guard-oriented teams. They both essentially play four-guard lineups. And both teams out-rebound us. Now, Vanderbilt, it was close last night. They out-rebounded us two, by two. 27 to 25. Mississippi State, it wasn't even close. Right? They out-rebounded us by 17 boards. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Uh, it, it, there's just no excuse for that whatsoever. We are bigger than both those teams, and we still found a way to get out-rebounded. And that's something that we kind of hung our hat on. So it, when you look at the rebounds, and I know obviously there are there is some technique that goes into rebounding, certainly, but it Correct me if I'm wrong, Curtis. Is rebounding not more of an effort and want to thing than anything? It really is. I mean, how many times you uh, it, like you see teams where the, they forget to box the guy out and they come up, get the rebound, and put it back up, or get a jam, or get fouled, things like that. A lot of the time, that's just effort. That's just you know putting your body out there. There were multiple times last night, and again, I don't normally say this about this team. There were multiple times last night watching that game where I'm just sitting there and I'm putting my hands on my head. And I'm like, well, what are we even doing? Are we trying to get a rebound? Are we going to even jump in the air? Well, the thing that hurts it the most is with how bad of shooters we have. We have we have you know depended on getting offensive rebounds and getting putbacks to mm-hmm. to get us points to keep us in games. And since we're not been getting offensive rebounds and things like that, we're we're losing those points. Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Uh, the second, I mean, we gave up a ton of second chance points against the Mississippi State. Uh, they had 11 offensive rebounds against us there to our five. I think they got. I think it was 16 or 17. Uh, something like that, second chance points there. Uh, certainly uh, too many second chance points for uh, for a team like Mississippi State who is so guard-oriented and doesn't have a ton of bigs that, that do this night in and night out. It was just one of those nights where I thought maybe I would just talk it up the case. One of those games, kind of a hangover after the Florida game. We're on the road. They played well. They got out to a lead. We're never in that game and just couldn't fire our way back. But then you followed up with a very similar type effort. 
against Vanderbilt, it's a problem. Both games, 15-point losses. Both games out-rebounded. Both games, those teams shot over 50% from the field against us. Over 50%. And that's another thing that we've always hung our hat on. And you and I have been saying this throughout the season, since we've been covering the team after the football season. We've been saying that our defense will give us a chance every night. It's just a matter of can our offense do enough to eke out a victory. Because we hadn't been really getting blown out in games because... Our defense has been playing well, but that throw that out the window. The last two weeks, the last two games, right? Well, the thing I want to say the most though is when we were talking about the Florida game, I did bring this up that you and I both, while watching the game, talked about how easy looks. Yeah, they had a lot of easy looks, a lot of open shots. They were just missing. So, I mean, it doesn't shock me that our defense is is playing like this because we saw it coming against Florida. They just couldn't hit anything. Now we're playing some teams that are making the shots and actually, you know, making us hurt. Yeah, you and I kept talking about that uh, in Stedman Coliseum watching that Florida game. I was like, yeah, God, I mean, I know they're missing them, but they're getting good looks. And it's just I, – I, I, I didn't feel comfortable in that game. I never really felt comfortable watching those games, but I, did, I especially didn't feel comfortable because they were getting those looks, and I just felt like it was a matter of time until they started going in. And fortunately for us, it didn't really happen. You know what? It, it go back to like Arkansas. You know they got good looks and they knocked them down. Florida got good looks and just didn't knock them down. So maybe it's been a couple of weeks since we've been playing some good defense like we had through most of the season. But I mean, last night was simply unacceptable. This is an eight-win Vanderbilt team. Now they've been playing better of late. I will give them credit for that. I think this is the third or fourth straight game they scored eighty-one plus points. But still, how in the world can you justify or how how can you explain giving up? 55% field goal percentage to Vanderbilt. I mean, how do you explain that, Curtis? I mean, how, how does this happen? Uh, like it, I said, I think it's just poor Is effort. it just effort? I really think it is. I think, I mean, that's what, like we said, our defense, a lot of defense is just effort. I mean, it really it is. It is. I mean, defense offense, and rebounding. Offense, I mean, there's technique to it, but. Execution. But defense, like I said, you know, there's a lot of times, one person I noticed most was Jawan Parker, just not, just like wailing at people. He was. He was very bad defensively last night, and so was everybody. I'm not, I don't want to single out just Juwan. He was bad, but so was everybody. Uh, I mean, our bigs were okay defensively, but our perimeter guys were awful. You see, Yonte awful. got a foul trouble, so he had to play conservative. Yeah, absolutely. But the others, I mean, there was really no excuse. There was no rim protection. Another thing that's really bothering me right now is the ease with which teams are getting to the rim. The dribble penetration right now is a problem. We cannot stop it. I mean, yes, they were getting a lot of open looks uh, on the three-point line, but a lot of those came from dribble penetration. Our guys crashed down on, on, on the guy going to the rim, and they just they dish it out to the guy sitting there wide open on the three-point line, and they knock the shots down. Now, the question I have is, why in the world, are, if they're hitting those shots, why are we helping off their three-point shooters? They are a guard-oriented team. We have some we have some bigs. I know Yante was in foul trouble. You got Obede. Uh, you got Claxton, who's, who's shown the ability to be a really good shot blocker for us and rim protector there. Why are we crashing on those on those guys going to the rim? To me, that I could just kind of bang in my head against the wall. It's like, why do we consistently do this? They're getting open looks. Stay on the guys uh, on the three-point line and force those guys to take a tough shot at the rim against our shot blockers. Uh, but for whatever reason, maybe it was our coaching side to make the adjustment. Maybe the players were being told to to not do that, but they were doing it anyway. And if that's the case, you got to pull them out of the game, right? Yeah. So either way, does it does it, I mean does it not come back to coaching? I mean, it really does. I mean, to me, there's a true disconnect right now between coaching and playing right now. The body language, and again, like it's it's a very subjective I mean, you thing. It, you can see at the end of the game. I mean, it was just it was just it was bad. We talked about this uh, with the Mississippi State game, and when Fox trying to talk to some of the guys on the bench, including Yante Mate, and just the the looks that they were giving him. 
So those like, facial expressions, and I, I didn't see the body language as much against Mississippi State, but the against Vanderbilt last night, the body language was was very telling. I thought, and again, that's subjective, right? But from my perspective, I, I saw some very concerning things. You saw Jan Taylor mention, of course, he was frustrated with two early fouls, but just the kind of look of just sheer dejection on his face was very concerning. When this is the the, the clear leader on the team, uh, and and now he he came back in and kept fighting and fighting and fighting. And trying to rally the troops, but just the bilingual all around—it's it, concerning. Are you seeing the same thing? Yeah, I really am. I mean, it, it's bad. I mean, is there any hope for Fox to get these guys to to play to, to get back to the level of effort that we that we've become accustomed to them playing with under Fox? Now they don't always play well, but they usually play with effort. Can we get that back, or is it just has he just lost this team? Is it gone? I think they may have lost it because the seat had been getting really hot on him the last the last week and a half, almost two weeks. And last year, you know, when the seat started getting hot is when the George started playing with a lot more energy, playing hard. And they say they really did save him by winning some games in the season, like beating Alabama again, or for the, for beating Alabama at, at Alabama and games like that. And that really saved him. Well, so we've we talked about how you know I keep saying like I give like our, our NCAA tournament chances a twenty twenty five percent chances we have a lot of big time games RPI resume type wins on our on our schedule. If you got two games against Tennessee, you got a game against Auburn this Saturday. Would it not be the most mark like you said? So like we keep he always saves his job. He salvages his job at the end by finishing strong, right? But would it not be the most Mark Fox thing ever for us to beat the doors off of Auburn Saturday night, then go and sweep Tennessee, and then beat Florida on the road. Would it not be the most Mark Fox thing ever? It would, but at the same time, I think the problem is he's lost. I think he's lost the team. I mean, that's the thing. If they had picked it up when the seat first got hot on him, I may think that we have the ability to do that, but they haven't shown it. Yeah, the problem is we're simply not good enough to do that. They're not I mean, we're not good enough. Even if they were responding, I think if we played it at our ceiling, I don't know if we're good enough to do that. Now, we can win a couple of those games. I wouldn't be completely stunned if we beat Auburn. It's a home game. Another, I don't think it helps us they're coming off a loss to A&M, that one-point loss. You know, cause they kind of did what they did against us. A&M gets out to a big halftime lead. Auburn pulls – they pull ahead late. But A&M was good enough to actually fight back and end up winning that game by a point. Um, but I, I wouldn't be stunned if we beat Auburn because I think it's a good matchup for us. And now, they, they have some guards that can fill it up. But – we have a significant advantage uh, down low uh, in the post with our front court. I think we and we, we kind of exploited that in the first game. So if we can kind of get the ball rolling there and actually, I don't know, execute an entry pass and get the ball into the post and actually work the offense through our post players, that's a novel idea. If we can actually do that and, and get back to playing some decent defense, I wouldn't be stunned. Would would you? Am I, am I crazy? I probably am. Yeah, I wouldn't be stunned if we at this particular game. I, this is I'm this I'm telling you this is the kind of game Mark Fox always wins and saves his job with the game nobody expects us to win. If they beat A and M, I might say that. But yeah, losing A and M, I don't because yeah. they're they're they want a higher the highest seed they can get when it comes to the tournament. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, I was listening to, to Jerry Palm uh, on the radio earlier this week, and he has them as his, as his number five team right now in terms of seating. So they're one the, – now this is before the loss to A&M, but they were one spot away from being on the one line, which is insane to think about, Auburn basketball being on the one line. I think that last time we made the tournament was like 2003, something like that. Here they are about to be potentially a one seed, probably at least a two or three seed, depending on how they end the season. But I, I – look, I don't expect us to beat Auburn, but – I also wouldn't be like completely stunned. 
Uh, we should we should probably we will probably lose this game. But if we happen to sneak it out, I I I would understand why when we completely sunk because I do think we match up well. I mean, just look at the first half of the game. We got out to a big league against them for a reason on the road because we do match up well with them uh, with our front court and their relative lack of size. But just the way we're playing right now, I, I can't sit here and predict that, yeah, we're going to win because the effort's just not there. Like Our saving grace, what's been the pillar for us all year is that defense. And 55% last night against Vanderbilt, 50, almost 51% Mississippi State, Mississippi State shot against us over the weekend. I, I mean, it, we, haven't, we haven't given up 50% plus field goal percentage since, uh, let's see, on the road against UMass December 16th. December 16th, and, the, and then we got St. Mary shot 50% against us uh, in November in that Thanksgiving tournament. But outside of that, we've been holding teams to 35%, 34%, 31%, 29% against Alabama. Against South Carolina, we hold them to 27% and still find a way to lose. That's what we're used to, but now these last couple games, it's it's just it's been a, re- a complete reversal of fortunes on the defensive end of the course. I, I, I just don't think you fix that overnight. I, I do think there's something to be said about Mark Fox potentially having lost this team. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Is there any hope? Is there any hope for him at all to get this on track? Um, without a miraculous run, no. But at the same time, the real question comes: what is it? What What does it save? It's it, it, it'll, it'll lead to inevitable, just like it happened that time, that year with Felton. Yeah, we're at the point now where it's like, okay, look, I can never root for us to lose, even if I know us losing will lead to Mark Foss getting fired, and that might be best in the long term health of this program. It's so hard for me to actually say I'm going to cheer for Georgia to lose. Our, our our players don't deserve that. They they work their tails off. They deserve to have us behind them. But at the same time, it's like when you lose on these games, you're kind of like, all right, well, maybe this just speeds up what happens. Like you're not as upset, right? Yeah. I I and I know that that's hard to say, but I think we're kind of Sometimes at that it's place the point where you all you're doing is delay, like I said, delaying the inevitable. And sometimes a fresh start is just the best thing. Yeah. I mean, I, we're at that point. Barring, I, I think we're at that point. I still say I believe it when I see it in terms of making a change with Mark Fox. So I don't just don't trust our athletic administration to actually care enough to do that or have the cojones to do that. They, I mean, this has been the same story for nine years now, and they haven't made a change. So why would I expect it all of a sudden be different this year? Uh, but maybe it will be. Uh, I just I, I'm gonna I'm gonna believe it when I see it. I'm gonna stick in that mode until it actually happens. But. You know, I, I think, but I think that probably I, if I had to lean one, I think that probably is something that's good. Unless we have some miraculous finish this season like he's been able to pull off. I won't say miraculous finishes, but just winning just enough games down the stretch. Uh, I, I think he'll probably be gone, but I don't know if I have much confidence saying that. Uh, let's talk about the offensive side of the, of, the, of the ball here a little bit. We haven't talked much about that. I mean, we played okay offensively. I mean, we sh- we scored 66 points, which for us, I mean, shoot, that's that's doing something. You know, we scored 72 against Florida, 77 against Arkansas in double overtime. But 66, I mean, for this team, that you you would think we should win a game like that, right? If our offense scores 66 points, uh, the way we play defensively, we played this year, you would think you would think, but not the way we played defensively the last year. Because I mean, we shot 43 percent again, shooting 43 percent for us. That's that's solid. I'll t- I would take that most most games. If, heck, if we would have shot forty three percent against South Carolina, we win that game. You shoot forty three percent against Missouri, we win that game. Uh, you shoot forty three percent against Auburn, we probably win that game. But we didn't shoot forty three percent against Kansas State, we probably win that game. Just happens that when we do shoot forty three percent, we also give up fifty five percent from the field on the other end. So it just it's like we can't put it all together. 
I saw. I, I do want to. I know we keep beating this dead horse, but I'm going to continue to say it until Fox just loosens up on the reins. He is. He is clearly, dude. You have got to change something. You. We cannot continue to keep doing the same things, run the same scheme, and expect different results. It's not going to happen at this point. The only hope we have to maybe potentially go on the run is to let these guys just go play. Let them run. Let them push the pace and just try to get some easy buckets when there's when the defense isn't set. And there were a couple of instances where that happened last night. I actually took this down in my notes. There was uh, the first time I saw this was. Uh, 8.54 left in the clock. We pushed the ball uh, off a of miss. Hightower shoots. He makes, it was a little runner that he shot with 24 seconds on the clock. The defense was not able to get set. We get an easy bucket. It wasn't a pretty shot, but it was effective. The defense was not set. And then uh, Vandy pushes the ball. Uh, in tra- Vandy got a rebound. They they pushed the ball in transition off a of Obede miss. They Then they tried to throw a mid-court alley-oop that was terribly executed. Yante, to his credit, was hustling back. He contests the shot. Uh, they miss it. Turtle rebounds it. He pushes up, uh, pushes up the court, shoots a layup, scores with 23 seconds left on the clock. And at that point, we cut the lead to one. So those were two instances there where we actually tried to push the ball up the court, where we didn't pull it out. And what happened, huh? We got easy transition buckets. Who would have ever thought? But the problem is, while that looks to be effective, do you have any faith that Mark Fox is actually going to loosen up on the reins and allow us to do that more consistently? No, not at all. He's a control freak that suffocates the offense, really. Yeah, and he and he's 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 basically killing himself here, right? He he's the team is self destructing, and and he's a big part of that. He's self destructing because he's so stubborn that he will not allow the team to veer off from his core philosophy that's just working so well and and try something different. I mean, at this point, what do you have to lose? I mean, heck, you've thrown every lineup imaginable out there. Here we are, still have, halfway through the season, still don't have a lineup. We, we don't know from game to game who's going to be starting, what the rotation is going to be. We have no clue because Fox has no clue. But So you'll be, you're willing to, to mix and match there and experiment, but you're not willing to experiment with a little bit of a different uh, offensive identity, allow us to try to push the pace a little bit. I mean, at this point, seriously, what do we have to lose? What we're doing is seriously currently not working i just i can't quite grasp it um he's kind of just he's cutting off his own nose man that's 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 all there is to it right here and of course we had our patented uh scoring droughts right yeah eight uh the one two that struck out to me the most for the eight minute and six minute yeah i mean so we start i think the first half and they they showed these graphics uh on the game so i I, to give them credit kind of stole this from them but it just kind of highlights exactly what uh what we've been seeing all year long. So we start out one for eight in the first half. Then we go eight for 13 over our next 12, get hot for a few minutes over the next 12 minutes. Uh, And then we follow that up with another one for eight performance over the last three minutes and 30 seconds. And you get in the second half, we started out hot. I mean, this is when we got within two, got within one point at one time off that turtle transition bucket. Uh, We started out the second half on a uh, 10, we were 10 of our first 14. And then we go 0 for six over the next six minutes and 32 seconds. And in the game, uh, three of our last seven, and one of those was a garbage bucket at the very, very end. So I, that's just kind of par for the course. I, I do think we played better offensively, shot the ball a little better. Uh, and really, it wasn't, wasn't really shooting the ball well better from the perimeter. We, only, we were only two for nine from three, so we didn't even take that many shots there. But we got the ball inside better than we have over the past couple weeks, especially in the in the second half there. O- Obede had his best offensive performance of the season, wouldn't you say? Uh, probably, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, when he, he kind of kept us in the game, at least to a degree. He had 16 points. When Yante was out with those two fouls in the first half, uh, he kind of kept us in the game there, ended up with 16, and played well. And he didn't even start the game. You know, Claxton, which we kind of been calling for, got the start. Didn't end up playing a ton of minutes. Um, and then the questionable personnel decision. So we, we start Tyree Crump, right? Has, has a solid game, I think 13 points against Mississippi State. Plays 13 minutes in that game. He starts against Vanderbilt. You know how many minutes he played? Probably four. Six. Played six minutes. Started the first half, started the second half, and essentially was pulled out and didn't play the rest of the game outside of those two little stretches. And I can't quite really explain that. And I, I'm not. I would just like to hear Mark Fox try to explain his personal decisions. I, I really would. He always he always cites matchups, but it's like okay, ma- what matchup? What are you talking about? We're playing a four guard lineup, and, and Tyree Crump is not in the game. I, I just and and Crump is not the you know, he's not the answer. Some people think he is. I mean, he's our best shooter. He's not a great defender. Uh, he, he turns the ball over at times. He's still learning, but I still think he gives us something that no one else does, and that's ability to consistently drain shots from distance. So I I just. I don't know what he's doing, and I really I got to the point where I just don't know if Mark Fox really knows what he's doing. I think he's just grasping at straws. But I don't know, man. It, it was it was pretty terrible. I, I know. So you've obviously been on the on the uh, the wagon here, the the bandwagon, saying that we have no chance to make the tournament. Are you, I mean, clearly this game did nothing to change that, right? Yeah. Now for me, I've been saying. Uh, I, I think last game I had after Mississippi State I had it was about twenty percent chance because I still thought we had some opportunities and I was I don't want to say assuming but hopeful that we would beat Vanderbilt and then set up a, a very important showdown with Auburn this weekend. But losing it to an eight win Vanderbilt team, a, a one a team in the one twenties in the RPI, uh, is that a death blow to this team at this point to, uh, our, to our tournament chances? If, if we had lost by maybe a point or two, maybe not. But the way we just absolutely got dominated, I think was got blown out. I mean, got blown out. And we were still in the first four out coming into this game. So it's like we're not completely out of conversation. But, again, to really make the tournament and get back in serious conversation here after a loss like that to an eight-win Vanderbilt team, now a nine-win Vanderbilt team, I guess, uh, we're going to have to win some of these high-profile games. And I know we beat Florida at home. I just – I honestly, with the way we're playing right now and the way it's trending with the the lack of effort over the last two games – I just I want to believe that we can do it. I just I just don't see how we're gonna win enough of those big profile those high profile games against Tennessee and Auburn and at Florida and even at home against Texas A and M late in the season. I just don't see how we're gonna win enough of those high profile games to actually legitimately push for the tournament based on how we're playing. It would be insane right now to say after how we've been playing the last two games that that's gonna happen to predict that. Uh, so I, I'm downgrading it right now, man. I'm, I'm downgrading it significantly to uh, I'm going five percent. I still, and the only reason I'm staying five percent is because there are opportunities out there. I have no faith in us whatsoever to take advantage of those opportunities right now, but they're out there. So because we're gonna have a chance to, to maybe somehow screw up and actually win a couple games that matter, I'll give us a, maybe a five percent chance. But it looks like another NIT. I mean, at this point, do you think we make the NIT the way we're playing? I mean, that might be the, no, the more important right now, question. The way we're playing, no, honestly. Yeah, I mean, somebody mentioned that on Twitter. I'm gonna give credit out there. Like, somebody... be, I mean, you gotta be on the bubble really to be on the NIT. Yeah, you gotta be one of those those last couple teams that didn't get in. Um, so I, I I don't know, man. I I, I think it's I think that might be the, the bigger question. That's a legitimate question. Are we even gonna be NIT bound the way we're playing right now? I mean, if you look at the rest of our schedule, I mean, again, so Auburn. Another a road game against Florida, two games against Tennessee, Texas A&M who just won at Auburn last night. We get them at home, and then get the SEC tournament. I, I don't know, man. I mean, we're four and seven in conference right now. I, we could legitimately finish maybe five and thirteen. Like seriously, we could. Uh, I hope that doesn't happen, but I mean, it's not. It's not completely out of the question here. 
So, I don't know. If, we, if that happens, we're surely not making the NIT. And I think at that point, Fox would almost certainly be gone. You would think, but again, I'll believe it when I see it. All right, guys, that does it for us today here on the Glory UJ podcast. Sorry I had to suffer through conversation about such a miserable effort last night in Nashville. Hopefully we'll have maybe a little bit better news uh, coming out of Saturday uh, in the game against Auburn. Uh, let's not count on that happening, but maybe, possibly. I guess anything can happen. But uh, thanks for listening. Uh, for Curtis, I'm Tyler. As always, go dogs.